everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of the Savant Podcast. And we're back on this episode talking football. Uh, so we did miss a week last week, uh, our usually scheduled football episode. But uh, today we're just going to do a week three and week four uh, football season episode for you guys. Uh, so let's get right into it. We're going to start off with week two. Uh, unfortunately, the Thursday night game was issue your Giants tough game i picked the giants two for this game so i was pretty pissed but yeah essentially they lost on the last second field goal yeah texter lawrence um never even heard of him before but yeah it was flagged for offside when you know they would have won the game because the kicker missed the field goal and then they got another try but yeah not not a good look you know for the special teams there you know it was tyler or taylor haneke's you know first start or second actually career start since 2018 where he started a game for the Panthers, um, ironically. And then, but yeah, Daniel Jones wasn't the worst. You know, he threw for 249, had a touchdown, you know, ran for a few yards as well. Uh, but no turnovers, which is which I was surprised, um, especially against that Washington uh, defense. But we'll get to them later as, you know, maybe they're not as impressive this year. Yeah, obviously a real tough game. Yeah, I know we were talking right after the game happened, but um, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, it was interesting just to to see that the Giants were, like, they pretty much had to lead the whole game, and I was like, all right, finally we got a, a win because week one was obviously a loss that they had. So I thought going into week two that we would win the game, and we pretty much had to lead for the majority of the game, and Daniel Jones was looking pretty solid, and it was good to see Saquon uh, back. He didn't really do anything extravagant, but I was still excited to see Saquon back and, and you know, see that he's not uh, injured. Like, he got injured in week one last year, and uh, pretty much the whole game, everything was good. And I thought we had the lead. We had that amazing play towards the end of the game. And the very last minute, like, one of the, the stupidest way you could lose a game, we lost by one point. And it was nerve-wracking for me, honestly, because my Giants, you know, just being a fan uh, of them for so long, man, I just want to see them win. It's like every season. It feels like every season we get worse and there's always a setback, but I'm hoping just tough out this season and maybe get like a few wins and like not go throughout the whole season and not get a win and just take a bunch of L's. So I'm hoping that at least they get like a few wins this season because this this team is just, it's just it sucks. It's, it's hard to be a, a Giants fan at this time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and yeah, they're going to have to find a better way to use Saquon. Like, we'll get to the next game later, but, you know, he had a good first half, but then he was just not used in the second for whatever reason. Maybe he's a little injured, uh, banged up. Uh, but let's get to the next game. So the Broncos beating the Jags 23-13. You know, based on this game, obviously, like, I'm not going to say, wow, the Broncos are so impressive because they beat the Jags. But Teddy Bridgewater is just taking more risks. You know, in the past, like, you know, ever since the ACL injury, like after his, you know, rookie year, you know, the kind of problem about him is he doesn't throw the ball downfield that much. Uh, he's more of a game manager. And even in New Orleans, even though they won a lot of games with him, and he's won a lot of games as a starter, you know, it just it just didn't work out. But, you know, Cortland Sutton, 159 yards, like they got weapons. You know, Jerry Judy hasn't even played yet. He's like, still injured. So they got him and they got this other nice guy, Patrick, as well. And then Melvin Gordon also. But their defense is, you know, been top five, arguably, you know, last last while. But, yeah, now they got a pretty good offense. And then, obviously, tough game for Lawrence, you know, 14 for 33. But, yeah, I, I, you actually picked the Jags to beat the Broncos, to upset the Broncos in this game. But, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Broncos, you know, so far this season? 
for me, the Broncos have been exceeding expectations, and Teddy Bridgewater has been looking pretty solid to start the season. And you know, it's it's actually good to see that he's actually performing well in his new home because uh, we know in Carolina, it wasn't it wasn't similar to this season. He wasn't really performing great. That team was was questionable. Yeah, they had Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. They had a solid team, but Teddy Bridgewater's fit just wasn't really there. So to see him come to the Broncos and have weapons and Jerry Judy and etc. It's, it's good. And coming into this game, I had my money on the Jaguars because I was coming into the season all into the Trevor Lawrence type, but he's actually not looking like that great of a player that we sought out for him to be. Like He doesn't look like a number one you know, pick right now, but I hope he could turn it around. But seeing Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos just have fun and just perform well uh, every night that they play is just good and it's interesting. I'm happy for him, honestly, because you know we know in Carolina he was having a, a rough time. Yeah, I remember back in the day at Louisville, um, you know, he was having, you know, Heisman consideration and then had a good, you know, first year in uh, Minnesota and then obviously had the injury, uh, terrible ACL injury. But yeah, I wouldn't write off Lawrence just yet. You know, there's been plenty of rookie quarterbacks who have had tough years. Uh, he did look a lot better in the week three game, although there was one pick was just atrocious. But yeah, it's gonna be a long year. Like they, I think they, I saw a stat, they lost 17 or 18 games in a row, the Jags, so not looking too good, but on to the next game. So the Bills, so they beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing. You know, Josh Allen, kind of a good bounce back game for him. 17 of 33. So he wasn't the most accurate, which is the one concerning thing I would say coming into this year. But, you know, Singletary 82 yards and then Tua got, got hurt. What was your thoughts on this game? Obviously, the the last Bills game was a lot more impressive. But, yeah, did you expect the Bills to just demolish the Dolphins? You know, when everyone was saying, you know, maybe the Dolphins can, you know, get in that second, you know, wild card spot this year. I didn't think that the Bills would blow them out. Um, based off week one, I was going off of that and they didn't, you know, they lost. So I thought coming into week two, they'd get the win, but it wouldn't be like a blowout, like 35 to zero that it was. And um, I didn't think Tua would get hurt either. And yeah, Josh Allen, who wasn't completion, wasn't all that great. But, you know, Singletary performed the well, was good. And uh, I think it was actually interesting to see that them, see the uh, Bills actually come out with like 35-0 and because that can kind of set the tone for them for the rest of the season. And hopefully they could uh, build off all W that they got in week three and they could just continue to ride that out because um, coming into the season, I predicted that the Bills would uh, make the Super Bowl. So for them to perform like this is definitely, is definitely in the near future for them if they can keep it up this season. And it was a pretty good game. And I have a, a teacher who's a, a Bills fan. So uh, like every time they get a win uh, and I uh, go to school, I see uh, she'll wear her Bills shirt and she's just like got the energy there. So shout out to Caitlin for that. But uh, yeah, I didn't think it would be a blowout um, to answer your question, but I did think that they would get the win. But for them to get the blowout, that's perfect because they exceeded uh, expectations and they're, they're one step, you know, they steps closer to getting to the go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and every game they do, you know, well, since that first game, you know, it looks better on us because we did, you know, we did pick them to do very well this year. And after that first game was quite shocking against the Steelers. But moving on, so we got the Browns being the Texans. Uh, the Browns were like 20 point favorites in this. So Texans, you know, covered pretty well. Uh, but yeah, Tyrod Taylor got injured in this game, you know, can just not stay healthy for whatever reason. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of unfortunate because he always gets these opportunities as a starting quarterback you know, back in Cleveland before Baker last year with the Chargers and then this year with Texans and, you know, Davis Mills, you know, rookie quarterback from Stanford came in, you know, Chubb and Hunt, 140 yards each. And then Baker only two, you know, incompletions in that game. So 
even though it was close, you know, the Browns were pretty dominant. But and then the next games, we got Bears beating the Bengals 20 to 17. This game, you know, I didn't really understand, you know, the Bengals looking so good in week one. I think Burrow threw three picks in a row, like three throws and three picks. You know, Dalton obviously got hurt and, you know, he was he was pretty accurate for the most part. And, you know, Fields, you know, coming in at the end there. And then, you know, we'll get to the atrocious game over the weekend. But, yeah, tough game running the ball for the Bears. You know, I didn't think the Bengals' D would be, like, this good. And the Bengals definitely a surprise team for me. We'll talk about their upset win over the Steelers. Let's get to the 49ers. So they beat the Eagles 17-11. Not, not the most exciting game here. 49ers, I'm not really impressed. Jimmy G, like, he, he looks okay. But it, that's kind of more the same. And then, yeah, Jalen Hurts not throwing any picks. 82 rushing yards. I will say, though, that they need to get you know, Miles Sanders going. He cannot be the leading rusher every single game. That was evident in the Cowboys game last night. And then this was a shocker. So the Saints losing to the Panthers 26 to 7. I did not understand this after, you know, they blew out the Packers in a game that was so shocking. You know, Winston throwing two picks. Uh, But Winston was the leading rusher in this game with 19 yards. But yeah, and then Darnold as well, like 300-yard game. He's been really performing well, you know, in Carolina, you know, they're undefeated. But yeah, what are your thoughts on both these games? You know, obviously the Saints, a lot of their coaches were actually, they had COVID, so they missed. But but I would say the Saints haven't looked that impressive, even with the Green Bay game, because, you know, we've seen Green Bay do a lot better. But but yeah, this this division, you know, is pretty crazy with, you know, the Bucks losing, you know, again, and then the Panthers undefeated. But yeah, what were your thoughts on this game? With the Saints, I didn't think that they would lose by like so much. I th- I thought they would still like compete and and at least go out like fighting, but obviously that didn't happen. And Sam Donald um looked like looked like he's ready to perform this season. Uh, three hundred five yards and he's twenty six for thirty eight. It's interesting because it seems like he got a chip on his shoulder and he got something to prove. So see them to see the Panthers be undefeated is interesting as well because I didn't think that they would be the team. Out of all teams to be undefeated in their division, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I expected that the Saints would perform a little bit better. Um, considering the Green Bay um, game, I thought they would at least go out fighting. And uh, Winston, not a very good game for him, but um, hopefully next week they could uh, at least put up a fight and not go out by so much. Because I noticed during week two, uh, there's a few select games where teams are going out by like a lot of points. It's uh, actually pretty crazy. Yeah, but next we got the Rams beating the Colts, uh, 27-24. Yeah, much closer game than I expected. Uh, but Cooper Cup, you know, having an unreal year, 163 yards in this game. You know, Wentz getting hurt at the end there. Obviously, he was sacked by Aaron Donald and actually sprained both his ankles. But I was impressed by Pittman Jr. I'm getting 123 yards. But yeah, and, and supposedly, like, you know, during the week, they were going to go with Jacob Eason and Brent Hudley. But Wentz actually started last game with like two sprained ankles. So we'll get to that game. And then the Rams obviously being the Bucks, And then we got the Raiders being the Steelers. I thought the first game, you know, the Raiders was maybe potentially a surprise and that they were going to get beat by the Steelers. But, you know, Carr thrown for 382. Steelers secondary is a big problem, big problem to start off. And then Najee Harris, a big bounce back game. Uh, I know you have him on your fantasy team. He's looking good in the open field. When he gets the ball in the open field, and he actually was a leading receiver last game. But yeah, what were your thoughts on you know Najee Harris, you know getting it going in his second game of his career, and then Derek Carr, 
817 yards passing through two games. Yep, Derek Carr basically exceeding expectations. I didn't think he would be able to do that because um, he hasn't always looked that great to me personally. And Najee Harris, having him on my fantasy team is actually pretty good because he's like, he performed in the last two weeks, even though I've, I've taken two losses, he's been that lone player that's been performing pretty well for me. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I could get off a few W's because he's been performing. I just, just the rest of the players on my team who are like up and down, like Josh Allen, always consistent. Um, he actually did good, uh, perfect for me week three. It's just that I have a few players who just don't perform at a great level. And Najee Harris was uh, a great addition to my team. And I'm glad that I picked him when I did because he's always he's always doing what he has to do. And um, he's a big help to my team. So shout out to him. And uh, he had a, a pretty good game in these next two weeks. And I'm hoping he could just continue to do that and perform well for my fantasy team so I could hopefully get me some W's and put some wins on the board for me because I'm like 0-3 now. All right, so now on to the Pats uh, being the Jets. So this was definitely an expected game. Like, I think Belichick has, like, this insane record against rookie QBs. But, yeah, Zach Wilson threw four picks. Not not looking good to, uh, you know, start the year. But, yeah, Mac Jones, 22 for 30, 186 yards. And then Harris with uh, 62 yards and a rushing touchdown. You know, after that first game from Harris, he's like, kind of slowed down a bit which has affected my fantasy team as well. We'll get to that. Uh, but then we got the Cardinals being the Vikings. So, yeah, the Vikings lose a close one once again, you know, after, you know, losing in overtime to the Bengals. And then, yeah, losing on a last-second field goal. Uh, missed by the their kicker. But a uh, good bounce-back game for um, Cook. You know, Dalvin Cook, you know, 131 yards, six yards per attempt, you know, last game. Definitely struggled. And then had he had a good game, they, you know, could have won. But, yeah, the Vikings could easily be undefeated right now. But then, yeah, Kyler Murray, you know, 400 yards, three TDs. Uh, he did throw two picks, though. And then Rondell Moore, uh, surprise wide receiver, 114 yards in that game was a lean receiver. They just have all these weapons now. But with Murray, you know, he's such an accurate thrower and can throw any ball, like, you know, off-platform, off his back foot. But, yeah, I love what they're doing in Arizona. And then we had the Bucks beating the Falcons 48-25. to uh, So Tom Brady had five TDs. Evans, two TDs, a good bounce back game for him. Gronk had two. You know, Gronk's like really having a good start to uh, his year. And then a better offensive game for Matt Ryan, although three picks. And then Kyle Pitts, another guy on your team. He had 73 yards. He led the team in receiving. So yeah, Calvin Ridley hasn't, you know, gone it going. But, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts so far this season? Do you think that, you know, for him to get it going, Matt Ryan may have to leave eventually? Or do you think at some point this year they could get it going? I think they have the potential to definitely get it going. And Kyle Pitts, man, I, I, I'm definitely happy that I um took that investment with him and, and cashed out on him because I hope he can continue to perform at the level he's performing and perform even better than that. And potentially I'll soon get ready to put him in that uh, starting lineup to see what he could do for me and my team and as far as the Falcons, uh, yeah, I think I think that they can definitely get something going. But there's always that you never really know with Matt Ryan because he'll he'll have a, a a solid game like this, and then the next game it's just like he's inconsistent and he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. So that definitely plays a factor into whether or not that the Falcons can keep it up with them too. And if they can't, then they'll definitely have to start looking towards uh, a new quarterback to be the face of this team. Because if you don't have a quarterback, then you don't have a team at all. So I hope that they can get it going. But there's always that fact that they may not because uh, Matt Ryan's inconsistency. So if he could be consistent and Kyle Pitts can continue to develop, then they could definitely get something going and they could start to retool this team and 
try to win more games and potentially get in the playoffs. So moving on, next we got the Cowboys being the Chargers 20-17. to 17. Uh, Tony Pollard, you know, great game, 109 yards rushing. Zeke, you know, he's he's having not, not a bad year. He had 71 yards rushing, good game last night. Um, and then Herbert, you know, 31 for 41, 300 yards, two picks. I will say, like, one of the picks, Keenan Allen just, like, slipped. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of flags for the Chargers. They had 12 for 99 yards and ended up, basically losing the game on a shift penalty, which we'll get to the Chiefs game. They almost did it again. But, yeah, Dallas only had eight in the game. So, yeah, something they got to work on right away. And it's not a good look for the, you know, first-year coach, Brandon Stanley. And then the Titans uh, coming back to beat the Seahawks. So this is a very depressing game for me, being a Seahawks fan. And I think we both picked the Seahawks as well in this game we may have. Uh, but, yeah, Henry, 182 yards rushing. Uh, the Titans were down like 30 to 16 in the fourth. And then, yeah, actually Julio Jones is 59th hundred yard game of his career. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts on this game? You know, obviously like, you know, the Titans, they lose this game, they go down 0-2 and then, you know, it's crazy they came back. But does this look bad on the Seahawks or look, you know, great on the Titans that they were able to be so resilient in this game? I feel like it's bad on the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks should have been able to easily win this game. Like we've seen what the Titans did. We've seen how they performed in the last previous two weeks. So it's pretty much on the Seahawks' part. Like, they could have performed better. And, like, they they were, like, right there towards winning the game. And it was, like, one of those, like, last-minute minor mistakes that, like, you can't be making it. I feel like often a lot of the teams towards the end of the games, like, they start to, like, do whatever rather than, you know, focusing on a goal. But I feel like the Seahawks are going to turn it back around either way. And I don't think that the Titans are going to do anything special this season. So next week, Seahawks, they'll get ready for uh, next week to face their opponent. And I, de- I think they'll definitely get the win. But they shouldn't have lost this game is, is, <laughs> to answer your question. Yeah, even the last game against the Vikings. But we'll get to that. So uh, the Sunday night game, like really exciting game. So the Ravens, you know, beating... Uh, the Chiefs, you know, Lamar Jackson finally being the Chiefs. You know, he's 1-3 now against them. But, yeah, they won the game 36-35. You know, he had 100 yards rushing, 239 in the air. But, yeah, his ninth career game of 100 yards rushing, tying Michael Vick uh, for quarterbacks with 100-yard rushing games. But, yeah, back and forth game. Uh, you know, Ravens scoring 12 points in the fourth. And then, you know, I think the biggest thing in this game was um, Tyreek Hill only having 14 yards. And... You know, the Baltimore defense has not looked that good this year. You know, even against the Lions, even though they gave up only like 18 points or 17 maybe it was, they still like Jared Goth, you know, do quite a bit throwing the ball. So there's a lot of question marks for the Chiefs and actually the Ravens too, you know, because of Lamar. But the Chiefs this year especially, you know, Hill hasn't gotten it going yet. You know, Kelsey's Kelsey and they actually just signed Josh Gordon. So we'll talk about that after, but... Yeah, what were your thoughts on this exciting Sunday night football game? Yeah, it was another surprising game. I believe that we bet on the Chiefs to win this game. So that was crazy to see the Ravens win. I'm happy for Lamar Jackson to uh, do that and uh, tying Michael Vick for that milestone is great for him. And finally seeing him beat the Chiefs was actually interesting. I didn't think he would do it this week at all, but like the fact that he did it is still cool. The Chiefs defense is actually kind of concerning this season. Like you, you would think that it will be able to perform better on the defensive end of the ball. And Tyreek Hill not being able to get it going is, is crazy because he's, like, one of their main weapons. So, like, they need him. So if he can't perform right, then, you know, it's pretty much downhill from here. But hopefully he can turn it around and, and they can get it going because he's, like, one of their main weapons and they, they need him if they're going to win games. So 
I guess we'll have to see what they do next week. It was a close game. They could have won that, but they didn't. And uh, hopefully they could turn it around. But and, uh, shout out to Lamar Jackson finally beating the Chiefs. So that's pretty good. Hopefully he can continue to perform well against them whenever they play again. Yeah, I just hope they have exciting games from now on. You know, obviously there was a few times where the Chiefs just blew them out. But yeah, like there's definitely a you know, strategy for, you know, Lamar's teams to win now after they beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs look very vulnerable. Like, that could just be it. Uh, but the Packers now, uh, in the Monday night football game, bouncing back, you know, after the Steelers' blowout loss. You know, they beat the Lions 35-17. to You know, Rodgers, four TDs. Aaron Jones had four TD, all of them. Uh, or not not all of them, but he caught three and then run, or rushed for one. Uh, and then Tanyan, you know, one TD as well. But yeah, actually, the Lions, it was not... I thought they would be really bad this year, but Jared Goff has, you know, looked decent. And he's had decent chemistry with, you know, TJ Hawkinson. And their defense, you know, you're going against Aaron Rodgers after, you know, one of the worst games of his career. Uh, so it's expected that, you know, he's going to put on 35. But, you know, they hung in there till you know, the better end. But, yeah, hats off to the Lions for not getting blown out in every game this year. And then, so now we're going to move on to week three. All those picks, we're going to start with the Panthers in the Thursday night football game being the Texans 24-9. You know, Sam Darnold, another 300-yard game, although Christian McCaffrey got hurt, uh, which was, you know, after he got hurt, they really couldn't get a first down for the longest time. And then they got Chuba Hubbard into the game, um, and he started, you know, getting some, I think it was about five yards per carry for him, and he had a touchdown as well. Uh, but Davis Mills starting to debut, you know, no picks for him. And then the next game, we got the Cardinals being the Jags 31 to 19. The Jags were actually up 13 to seven at the half, but a much better game for Lawrence, although two picks. And then, uh, James Robinson has six yards of carry. And so I think they just have to run the ball more. One of the touchdowns before the half was that crazy, uh, missed field goal kick return, which I don't see very often in the NFL, but I, I just don't think this is a good look for the cards. Like, Giving up 19 points to this Jags team, losing at the half. Although, yes, they came back. I just don't think it's a good look considering they're going to have to pay the Seahawks twice, the Rams twice, and the 49ers twice. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on the Cardinals and Jags game? And, you know, the Cardinals looking so dominant, you know, up until this point. Obviously, the close game uh, with the Vikings. But, yeah, what were your thoughts seeing the Jags up 13-7 at halftime against the Cardinals? Wasn't expecting to see it. It's pretty much bad on the Cardinals' part. Like, they got to be able to uh, – a team like the Jaguars, they shouldn't have went down that much by half. And thank God they did pull back, come back for the win, considering the teams that they're going to they're gonna be playing in the upcoming weeks. Like, if they're down by that many points at the half, like, a lot of those games they aren't going to win, so they can't, like, take any risks, like, right now because this schedule isn't looking uh, – it's not going to get any easier. So they got to be able to be able to perform at a higher level and – teams like keep keep teams like the Jaguars down and like tame them so they could be able to um continue to ball out and you know Trevor Lawrence shout out to him he only threw uh two picks I think he's gonna turn it around this season and I'm happy to see him um perform on the Jaguars and see him just turn it around but uh Cardinals they got to do that thing and not slip up like that because their schedule isn't getting any easier yeah you're right and I liked how you said uh tame the Jaguars <laughs> um but uh so the next game so the Chargers beating the Chiefs did not see this coming. Uh, you know, the Chargers had a 14-3 halftime lead. Uh, but, you know, Mahomes always coming back. You know, he threw two picks. Herbert was definitely the better QB on the field. And then, yeah, Keenan Allen was the best wide receiver on the field, too. 
you know, one thing I will say about this broadcast that drove me crazy, and it was the CBS, the Tony Romo broadcast. Every time Mahomes is on the field, before you're going out there, they got to say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. They got to say he's the most talented. And then Mahomes was making the, or Herbert, I should say, was making these good throws. And then Romo would be like, oh, that's kind of like a Mahomes throw, but he's not the best quarterback of all time. Like he would just, it, it was just so annoying. And it kind of took me out of the, the whole experience of the game. You know, they, they gave the Chiefs one minute left in the game to come down the field, you know, up six, which I was surprised they did. Uh, as well and then right before he threw the pick Tony Romo's like oh they gave the greatest quarterback all the time too much time and then he threw a pick so it's like they need to stop with that I've had enough of Tony Romo but yeah another uh, penalty illegal shift penalty for the Chargers uh, right when they kicked the field goal before they came back in the end but they gotta figure out these penalty issues but yeah what are your thoughts on this game obviously in the summer I think Mahomes was playing golf and someone said, watch out for Herbert. And he said, I'll believe it when I see it. And this was in July. <laughs> and, and then to lose the first game, you play against the Chargers. Yeah, that commentary, that's that's kissing ass. That's like for you to, for you to call um, Patrick. That, and that's not to knock Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent and one of the greatest quarterbacks to, you know, play the game. But for, for you to say that each time he has the ball, that, like that's questionable. But um, and, and it's funny that he... During the commentary, he was saying all that, and he wound up, and they wound up taking an L to the Chargers, and as well as Patrick Mahomes saying that about Justin Herbert, and then wound up taking an L in like their first uh, meeting together this season. So it's just crazy how your words could be the same, like the same thing, same shit that you say could just be flipped around against you. So that's crazy. But um, the Chiefs they shouldn't have lost this game, and honestly, Justin Herbert he's been showing, he's been showing like he got, he's got a lot of talent. I think he's gonna be um doing some pretty great things this season, uh, beat the Chiefs um, 30 to 24. So it's looking pretty good for Justin Herbert. And it's looked like, it looks like his uh, future in the NFL is going to be bright. And I think he's going to do some amazing things this season and surprise us. But uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he got to, they got to pick it up and continue to um, win. Cause at this point, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's starting to be questionable. Like, you know, they got to be able to, to pull up these wins and it's like it's certain teams that they're, they're losing to that you wouldn't expect them to lose to that they haven't lost to like this before. But I guess it's uh this season, things are going to be very different. Yeah. And if you look at that division, you know, the Broncos three and now, you know, the Raiders three and now, and then you just lost to the Chargers. So technically they're like two games behind everyone, you know, cause they win the next game. They're still tied you know, and lose the tiebreaker to the Chargers. So, yeah, they're going to have to get it going soon. Uh, but next game, we got the Bears <laughs> losing, yeah, the 26 to 6 to the Browns. Yeah, this was quite sad. Probably the one of the worst debuts I've ever seen from a rookie quarterback. Um, and I like Justin Fields. You know, we've talked about him so many times on this podcast. You know, back, I remember, you know, when we were talking about back when Lawrence and him were going at it you know, for that number one overall pick, you know, supposedly until, you know, he dropped. But, you know, we were saying 1A, 1B. But, yeah, you know, he was 6 for 20. You know, only threw the ball, I think, four or five times in the first half. So, Matt Nagy, serious issues here. I don't know what's going on. You know, the O-line was bad. Uh, he was sacked nine times. He only had 12 yards rushing. But, yeah, Odell, though. First game back, I was really happy to see him, you know, get 77 yards, led the team in rush, uh, receiving. But yeah, the Bears, like, you know, and it's, it's at the point now where it's like, you're literally going to get him hurt where he can never play. And you're ruining your investment. 
Because I would say if Andy Dalton was playing this game, he gets the ball out a lot quicker. And, you know, he's a veteran. So I think, I don't think he gets sacked 90 times because there are a few times he held on to the ball way too long. But yeah, you're going against Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. Uh, insane. Brown's O-line and D-line definitely controlled the game. But yeah, what were your thoughts on this debut by Fields, the starting debut that is? And yeah, the Browns, you know, being so dominant so far this year other than the Chiefs game. It wasn't a good debut for Justin Fields, man. You know, and we were hyping him up uh, coming into the season and when he was in college, you know, a natural playmaker. He could he could be a future franchise quarterback. He's also a good runner. So coming into the season, like, we had high expectations for him whenever it was his opportunity to start. And this was his opportunity to show us what he can do. And he obviously, you know, didn't come up to for the challenge. And I'm hoping that it's just, like, one of those situations where he he's going to turn it around. He was just nervous. But, like, it wasn't a good debut for him or whatever. And I understand why that uh, Browns defense is, is pretty good. So I can see why uh, he went down like that. But hopefully, um, I don't know if he'll be starting uh, – Week four, I believe we're going into, but uh, I'm hoping that he could, you know, show us what he could do and show us why he was uh, selected in in the lottery and, and stuff like that. And uh, Odell's game back, pretty solid game for him. Hope that he could continue to do good because he's one of my favorite uh, wide receivers. Uh, hopefully he could come back from injury and show that he still has the tools and show that he's still one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand that or, or realize that anymore. Kind of just like kind of dipped down the past few seasons. Yeah, he's definitely been forgotten, you know, with the injury and then obviously the performance issues, you know, his first year in Cleveland. But yeah, it's cool to see the, you know, Cleveland doing well. I love the uh, the jerseys that they had and then having the numbers on the helmet was good look. But now into the next game. So the Bills beating uh, the Washington football team 43 to 21. I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be super close. Like I didn't even think about betting on the spread for this one. That is for the Bills. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen, best game of the year against, I would never expect the Washington defense. Like that's kind of shocking, but it's not. The Washington defense is not looking so dominant this year. Obviously, Zach Moss had a big game, a few touchdowns, which, you know, I'm kind of worried because I have Singletary and it looks like Moss might be the first, you know, back. But yeah, and then Emmanuel Sanders having two TDs. I think that was a big thing, kind of getting him into the passing game. Dawson Knox having a big game, but the Bills look dangerous now. That's what I will say. And then to the next game, so the Titans being the Colts, 26-16. to 16. You know, Wentz playing, like we said before, with both ankles sprained by Aaron Donald. Um, so not much to say here, 19 for 37. You know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, six yards per carry, and he only rushed it like 10 times. I, I don't really understand what's going on with the Colts right now, i got to be honest, because, you know, they're 0-3, and then I might go 0-4 next week. But, yeah, you know, Henry, another 100-yard rushing game. Tannehill obviously threw two picks. Yeah, like we said before, I'm not sold on the Titans at all. I just think Ryan Tannehill is not going to be able to get it done. And their defense. I don't think they can, you know, hang in with these teams. Obviously, we just, you know, saw them beat the Seahawks. But the Seahawks do stuff like this quite often. They do dumb things. Uh, but on to the next game. So, Saints beating the Pats. So, Saints bouncing back after that loss to Carolina. Uh, but tough game for Mac Jones. Definitely toughest game of his career. You know, threw three picks. One was returned for a touchdown, but yeah, the Pats couldn't run the ball at all. Like, Mac was their leading rusher. Like I said earlier, you know, Damon Harris kind of slowing down. But yeah, the Saints, you know, Winston, I, I, I'm not really convinced that they're going to do well or even win a game in the playoffs because Winston's throwing the ball 100, 100 yards per game, I swear. 
Like every game, it's like 100 yards. And then Kamara only 3.7 yards per carry. That's not good. Uh, but Callaway got a touchdown. Uh, so one of our super wide receivers, and obviously you have him on your team, you got a touchdown. But yeah, what are your thoughts? You know, New England isn't the New England of old, but I thought they would keep it close with this Saints team. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Saints after four games? And then Callaway hop, popping off for your fantasy team. Yeah, Callaway performing for my fantasy team was amazing. Good win by the Saints. Kind of same. I don't think Winston uh, is going to do anything special this season as well. And for the Patriots, it was just like a bad game for them as well. Like Mac Jones being a leader in Russia, like you see the shape he's in. Like not to knock him or anything, but it's just crazy that he was your leading rusher on that team and he's not even the most mobile guy. That's pretty piss poor on their part. But yeah, Callaway for my fantasy team, that was amazing. Um, got them points on the board for me. I hope he could do the same thing next week and put some more points up on the board for my team. But uh, yeah, I, th- I say it was a good win for the Saints. I pray they could keep it up. And for the Patriots, first rough game for them. Maybe they could turn it around. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be tough for them next week against the Bucks. Uh, I don't think they'll win that game at all, but... Uh, on to the next game. So the Falcons being the Giants. So the Giants losing on a last second field goal once again, two weeks in a row. And on the day that they celebrated and retired Eli's jersey. So perfect time for that. You know, I will say the Giants defense has not been a huge issue. You know, considering the Bucks gave up more points than the Falcons. And I would even say the Chiefs have had defensive issues. The Steelers, like we said, the uh, even the Ravens of the past have been very dominant, not so much this year. But, you know, Daniel Jones has all these weapons around him. You know, obviously they got Galladay, Shepard, and then obviously Saquon, who he just can't seem to get going. But it's looking like Daniel Jones' days are numbered in New York for sure. But yeah, I would say the same thing about the GM. Because that Gettleman guy, you know, I remember when they drafted Daniel Jones, everyone was like, this is a jump. And I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's not a horrible quarterback. He's just not He's not going to be the Giants franchise quarterback. Yeah, great job running the ball. You know, I think that I saw a meme where he didn't fall this time. I mean, that's not what we should be celebrating when you have a franchise quarterback of the New York. This is New York Giants, okay, we're talking about. But yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll move on from that game. And then the Bengals being the Steelers, 24-10. Steelers, you know... It's so funny after the first game, we were like, the Steelers, we just don't trust them still. And, you know, after beating the Bills, even though the Bills dominated that game, yeah, but Burrow only 14 of 18. Didn't even throw the ball that much. You know, Chase two TDs, which I was shocked. Like, I didn't start in my fantasy lineup because I thought maybe, you know, the Steelers' D would stop a rookie, you know, receiver, but apparently not. Apparently not. They can't do that anymore. And then Big Ben throwing the ball 58 times. Like, he was 38 for 58 through two picks. Seems like he throws two picks every game now. You know, obviously in the playoffs, he threw that, like, three or four picks in that one game. And Harris was their leading receiver, which I don't think can happen either. He needs to get the ball downfield. He's got all those guys, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Washington. But, yeah, Harris was only 2.9 yards for rushing. Uh, So Steelers defense, a huge question mark. Uh, moving on to the next game, so we got the Ravens beating the Lions 19-17. So Justin Tucker kicking a 66-yard field goal to end the game. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts on this game? Because I thought the Ravens were just going to blow out the Lions after you know beating the Chiefs last week. And then Justin Tucker obviously kicking the longest field goal of all time. But yeah, the Ravens defense not looking super impressive, although they held the Lions to 17 points. This is the Lions we're talking about. And then the Lions not looking as bad as their own three start. 
Uh, but yeah, what was your biggest takeaway from the Ravens just getting by the Lions? It was interesting because I figured that, you know, having a game that the Ravens had last week that they would have, they would be pumped and uh, be energized and ready to just blow out the Lions and having them, you know, holding them down to 17 points is solid. But uh, I, fi- I figured that they'd leave them down to like seven at, at most because they just beat the Chiefs. So that should have been a, a confidence builder for them and it should have gave them that, um, you know, that eager to just, you know, go into this next game and just get the W and they still got the W, but I was expecting for them to just carry that energy from the previous game into this one and just like blow out the Lions. But for the Lions to be able to um, be this close with them and showing that the Lions are pretty solid this season and maybe they could keep it up. Wasn't the greatest game for uh, Lamar Jackson, but it was an okay game for him, I guess. And uh, having them at only, you know, beating them by only two points is, it was, it was, it was a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, yeah, it was. That's pretty much my take on that game. Yeah, in the next game we got the Denver Broncos. You know, beating the Jets, twenty-six to nothing. Uh, another tough game for Wilson. But I have to say, this guy has no weapons at all. You know, the two running backs. Never heard of them. One of them's I think Michael Carter, rookie quarterback or rookie running back. But yeah, they signed Corey Davis. Obviously, you know, Corey Davis was clearly not the number one receiver in Tennessee. You know, that was AJ Brown. And then Keelan Cole, uh, who's not even, he was undrafted, you know, free agent, signed with the Jags. Has had a decent career, but those are your top two receivers uh, for your rookie quarterback. He's not going to cut it. Uh, they're going to be bad this year, you know, if they don't, you know, and there's no trades in the NFL either. It's not like they're a trade for a top receiver. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. But yeah, the Broncos are legit. I'll say that again. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, having an unreal year. Tim Patrick, he had five catches for 98 yards. I uh, definitely didn't see that. And then, yeah, Jerry Judy, I said earlier, is still injured, so they still have that. And then they got a top five defense, so they're going to be dangerous, and I can see them upsetting the Chiefs, uh, definitely. Uh, another team in that division, so the Raiders beat the Dolphins 31-28. Uh, to Another OT win for the Raiders, you know, winning on a field goal. But, yeah, the Dolphins are up 14-2 in the first quarter. And then kind of lost the lead and then end up scoring 11 points in the fourth to tie the game. Uh, I will say, though, I'm not sure if Tua could have kept it this close. You know, I was surprised that Brissett did, you know, considering how bad he did in relief for Tua against the Bills. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems like every game Tua plays, like, I'm more and more, like, they got to make another move. But I hope he has, I hope he can get it, you know, together and have a good career. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like that uh, to start off. And then the next game, so we got the Rams beating uh, the Bucks, thirty-four to twenty-four. Uh, big statement game for the Rams. Yeah, Bucks had no running game at all, uh, and their secondary is bad, bad. Like they couldn't stop. Like Deshaun Jackson was out here. I didn't even know he still played. Um, well, I knew he was on the Rams. I just didn't know they're gonna play him anymore. But yeah, yeah, like forty yards per catch, hundred twenty yards. And then Cooper Cup, man, like going crazy out here. But yeah, Matt Stafford definitely MVP so far this year. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, so obviously like a battle of the potentially the top two teams in the NFC. The Rams coming out. I will say though, like it's hard to beat Tom Brady twice in one season. I mean, I don't even know if anyone's ever done that. I, I'll, I will look that up and find that out. But like this Rams defense is looking super dangerous. And if the Bucs can't fix the running game and if they can't get a secondary, it could be, you know, a bad year for them. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the Rams kind of upsetting the Bucs? 
Yeah, um, the Bucks not being able to uh, perform well against the Rams. And, you know, mind you, this is the same team. This is basically the same team from last season. So it's showing that um, the Rams have definitely made improvements on their team for them to be able to contend. And this season, they actually started off pretty good. So they beat the Buccaneers, like, this time, and they can perform well. Maybe they could possibly do it again. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, this is the same Buccaneers team, and it's showing that this Rams team uh, beat them uh, the first time. I guess I'll take it this way. If they beat them, if they beat the Buccaneers again, which I, I don't know when they play again, but if they beat the Buccaneers again, then that's that's when I'll start to kind of make my decision on where I see them going um, this NFL season. But considering that this is uh, basically the same Bucks team from last year, like it's showing that teams are definitely improving. So, I mean, if the Rams beat them like this, then who knows if they could do it again. Yeah, and they actually did beat them last year um, as well when the Bucks were kind of going through their, like they were struggling at the beginning of the year. But yeah, I guess the next time they would play would be the playoffs. So we'll see. And I can't bet against Tom Brady ever again in the playoffs, I don't think. I'll never will. I'll never will again. Uh, next game, so the Packers beating the 49ers, the Sunday night football game. Really exciting game, 30-28. Uh, to 28. Yeah, the whole uh, gave Rodgers too much time. But yeah, Jimmy G, he had a rough first half. Um, but obviously brought them back and then brought them, you know, ahead by uh, a point with, you know, basically a minute to go. But I will say his days are numbered as, you know, Lance had like a rushing TD. They couldn't even get it in. And then they just gave it to Lance. and He got it in right away. Yeah, once they start facing the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks, uh, next week, I believe they're against the Seahawks. So that'll be the first uh, big test. But yeah, as soon as like, there was a few balls, like just... He just can't make the perfect throw. You know, Debo Samuel did have a number of amazing catches with, like, the defender all over him. And Jimmy G just still throws it there. But, yeah, good game nonetheless. Uh, And the Packers coming in there away from home. And actually was the first home game for the 49ers with fans since uh, the NFC Championship game a few years ago against the Packers. Uh, So the Packers coming back and beating them. And then last night, we had the Cowboys beating the Eagles 41-21. to uh, crazy start to the game. Dak threw the ball downfield, CD Lamb, and then they get it in for a touchdown. And then, like, two plays later, Hurts throws the interception. And then, two plays after that, like, Prescott gets stripped and they give a touchdown to the Eagles. I will say, like, the one thing about Dak in this game, there's a few times he's running with the ball and he's holding onto it, not sliding right away, putting his body at risk. And then, in that, like, that one play, like, why are you holding onto the ball in your own end zone? I couldn't understand that. And, you know, we'll talk about, uh, you know, the Manning brothers on the Monday Night Football. But, yeah, Peyton was like, why are you holding on to the ball the entire time? But, yeah, Hurts, not a good game. Like, you know, he was my quarterback for fantasy. He had, like, two points at the half. Ended up with 20 points. So, luckily, he can, you know, run the ball and somehow get 20 points. But, yeah, tough game for him. But yeah, let's get into the Manning brothers. So obviously, every Monday night, you know, they, I think I believe it's on ESPN Plus. They've been having, you know, the Manning brothers kind of on like a Zoom call from their own home, kind of break down the game. It's definitely the best new addition to football, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, Eli yesterday, you know, talking about the Eagles fans and how like, you know, you know like a nine-year-old kid will just flip them off, and then you know he does like the double finger like on live television, and Peyton's like, "Yo, keep doing it, keep doing it." But I love, like, they just go after each other. And then, yeah, Peyton had, like, pit stains yesterday, and Eli's like, hold your arms down. What are your thoughts on, like, this Manning Brothers broadcast? Like, I, honestly, if it was every game like this, I'd watch 
every single game front to back if it was them. Because, like, they have great interviews. They interviewed LeBron, obviously. And, you know, he talked about his offers from the Seahawks and the Cowboys. And, yeah, just a lot of great insight from other players. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on the this new Manning Brothers uh, thing they got going on ESPN? Yeah, I think it's an interesting way to to bring in more entertainment into uh, football, especially with the pandemic and uh, all the trials and tribulations we faced uh, last season, which was a struggle. But I feel like we overcame a lot of them and still have a lot more challenges to overcome. Bringing those two together, they obviously have great, you know, chemistry and, and their bond is amazing. So having them just come together and have them, you know, just talk football and interview different athletes is, is, is fun. So I feel like it's a great addition to football and I'm happy to have it. And um. I got my e, uh, ESPN Plus subscription for the year, so I'm going to be tuning in definitely a lot more. So, yeah, I think it's a great ad- addition to have. I'm happy to have it, and um, looking forward to seeing the, the more things they do later on. Yeah, I thought I saw a clip on YouTube that apparently they're not back till week seven. Uh, so I hope that's not true because I, I need them every week, um, especially when they have Pat McAfee on. That was super funny. But now we're going to play a little clip. Uh, so this was today on ESPN, uh, The Get Up. So it was essentially, you know, Darren Orlovsky and, you know, Rex Ryan, the former head coach of the Jets and defensive coordinator. Yeah, head coach of the Bills as well. But yeah, they went off on Matt Nagy. Uh, So we're going to play this clip for you guys. And then, yeah, we're going to react to it after. But so this is Dan Orlovsky, I should say, and Rex Ryan going off on the Chicago Bears coach, Matt Nagy. Hope you guys enjoyed this. The Chicago Bears should fire Matt Nagy today. Dang. Because yesterday's game plan, which was the worst one I've ever seen in my life, was either negligence or intentional. It's been 149 days since the Bears drafted Justin Fields. You had 149 days to start to build a game plan around the skill set of this young man, and it was an embarrassment. Justin Fields threw the ball 20 times yesterday. 13 times they went with five-man protection with no help for their offensive line. 13 out of 20. You did the bare minimum of five-man protection with no help against a guy like Jadavion Clowney or Miles Garrett. Three times you went six-man protection with Chip. Three times you moved the pocket. Not until the middle of the second quarter was your first time. You had two designed quarterback runs. Yesterday you showed us that you are incapable of designing the proper game plan around a dynamic quarterback, or you showed us us that it was intentional, that you wanted him to fail, and you set him up to be a disaster. Can I say something real simple? I I hope you will. Dot, (laughs) dot, dot. I told you so. I told you so three years ago. You're wasting a a championship-level defense. Maybe not a championship, but a good defense. And this guy right right here has no creative thing. Look, I'm a dumb defensive coach, right? I'm so dumb, I would drop back. 21 times, or I'm sorry, 30 dropbacks in this game. 21 times going to go five-man protection. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? I don't. I wouldn't right. do that with Tom Brady. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I've said it from day one. When when we said, remember, I loved Mitchell Trubisky yeah. because yeah. I said, hey, Mitchell Vick, I like him. Well, you never gave him a dang chance. You won Coach of the Year right in the back of that kid, and then you threw his ass away. Now you also got. 
got Nick Foles. Great job. Great pickup. You picked up a guy that's proven not to be an NFL starter in this league. Now here's your decision. The great decision. You, you drafted a guy with unbelievable ability, and you're going to go out there and get him killed. Yeah. I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. All right. Wow. So that was the animated Dan Orlovsky and Rex Ryan on the Get Up uh, ESPN show. Going off on Matt Nagy, uh, <laughs> the Bears coach. But uh, what I will say, um, obviously, it's you know these ESPN shows. They, you know, they all. It seems like they all want to be first take, and all of the guys want to be Stephen A. or Skip Bayless or you know et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I have to say, like, they don't need to get this emotional talking about. A guy needs to be fired. When it's you're talking about a guy's livelihood and how he makes his money, that's the one thing I will say. Rex Ryan also was fired his last time as a coach, so I don't know if he should be saying much, but he does have the platform to speak. But yeah, I just thought they went way too far on this. Like I don't know, Darylovsky, man, like the way he pauses and just like goes in on him, like so unnecessary, just for the dramatic effect. But yeah, what are your thoughts listening to that? Uh, rant on uh, Matt Nagy. I understand uh, Bears fans' frustrations. Like it's understandable, but like the way he he went in uh, about that guy about um Matt being fired is just unnecessary. Because like like you just said, like you got to take into consideration like this is this man's career. This is how he this is his job essentially, and this is how he makes money. So for you to just go ham and say that he needs to be fired, but and it's not like you're just saying it like calmly in a regular way you like you're like raging and I, I could see where he tried to imitate the whole Stephen A. Smith with the energy thing and trying to be first take but like it, it was just unnecessary and I feel like he was just doing that for the dramatic and, and for for some attention but uh I understand where Chicago Bears uh, uh fans are coming from but for him to go that crazy it's just like come on bro like relax chill out just give the guy a chance and if, if he can't perform, I'm sure like the Chicago Bears organization will find out a way to move forward that's best for him as well as the team. But for you to do that, that is, it's, it's unnecessary. But I understood why he did it. Yeah, and, and obviously even if Matt Nagy gets fired, like he's still, you know, potentially going to get an offensive coordinator job. You know, that's not the point we're making. It's just now you look at Matt Nagy's name on YouTube or online and this video is going to come up, you know, and it's on there forever. So it's like kind of an embarrassing thing to have on the internet one thing that is embarrassing though mitchell trubisky uh he came in at the end uh, for the bills he did have he had more passing yards rushing yards than fields although in a blowout against the football team but yeah one thing i will say to like have five protection against miles garen jadavion Clowney, that's got to be the craziest thing um ever i think they are right on that one uh so let's move on to our fantasy talk uh, so we're going to talk about our week two and week three. So I'm going to start off with mine. So week two, I had a big week. Yeah, so week two I actually hit 150 points. You know, Eckler had a big game. Uh, Ridley, McLaurin had 30 points for my guy. Uh, Tanya, you know, 40, 14 points and then a dud game last week. But And then Evans, you know, coming back and scoring 24 points. And then although I, I brought the Cardinals D in, uh, instead of the Ravens, and they only got one point, but they did get me 17 points last week against the Jags. Um, and then, yeah, some other moves I made. I got rid of Ronald Jones. He's just, yeah, the the Tampa Bay running backs, for whatever reason, they're just not fantasy options this year. Uh, maybe they will at some point. Yeah, Singletary had a good game on my bench, although 
you know, we talked about, you know, him being kind of the second back to Zach Moss in that blowout win. But yeah, then moving on to the next week, I actually lost. So this was quite embarrassing because I I talked about, you know, Rondell Moore, you know, we talked about earlier on the Cardinals and I picked him up, you know, because he had, I think, 17 points both games. And he was like the 17th ranked, you know, receiver and they're going against the Jags. So I'm like, you know, might as well put him in, you know, Mike Evans against Jalen Ramsey and then Chase, you know, going against the Steelers. I just wasn't super confident in that. But yeah, I was totally wrong. You know, both Evans and Chase, you know, Chase having two touchdowns, 22 points, and then Evans having 18. Rondell Moore had two points as my flex, which is just so embarrassing. And I lost by, I lost by 13 points. So had I put Evans or Chase in, I win the game. So super frustrating. Tanya had one point for me. Harris three. I had, I had like three guys with, I think five points, and then my kicker had like 17. Justin Tucker. But yeah, not a good look. Excited heading into the next week though, uh, to kind of bounce back. But uh, issue. Let's break down your two weeks. Obviously, you had a tough loss in your week three game. But yeah, tell us about your team. You know, any moves you're looking at and uh, the performance of your players. I definitely want to make some moves uh, around that wide receiver area because Robert Woods underperformed uh, this week, and I believe he underperformed last week. Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, they can't get him the ball in Carolina, so that obviously played a, a role in my team not being able being able to perform well. Uh, so I definitely uh, will be getting ready to make a move to put somebody else in who can get them points up for me because uh, Josh Allen, 37 points for me a uh, week, I believe week three, did a – did his thing for me week three. Najee Harris been doing his thing as well. 28 points for me week three. Uh, Cordell Patterson performed well. It's just pretty much that wide receiver spot that's killing me. And uh, Robert uh, Gronkowski has been he's been solid. Like week one, if I would have put him in week one, I believe I would I actually would have won if I had him in starting. But I believe I had in uh, no offense. But uh, I put him in week two. He oh, he performed well in week two. It's just that uh that wide receiver spot for me is kind of where every. Uh, everything is kind of iffy. So I'm thinking about putting Callaway in one of those wide receiving spots and just put Robbie Anderson on the bench, considering they can't get him the ball and uh, switching up that defense because the Chiefs defense haven't uh, been able to do anything for me as well. So I definitely want to make those changes to help my team, you know, win some games this fantasy season because my other fantasy league, I'm doing a little bit better than that. I'm I'm one and two and um, in this fantasy league, I'm I'm 0 and 3. So I'm trying to trying to turn everything around and uh, perform better. And uh, I'm sure I'll be able to do so once I make these uh, moves. And uh, starting this week, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, obviously Harris having a big game and Callaway as well. But yeah, I think Woods, you know, he hopefully he gets the ball rolling because he's the one option in uh, L.A. that hasn't really, you know, gone off yet. Uh, but now we're going to get to some players to add. So we're going to go through each position. Uh, so at QB... Obviously, Daniel Jones, and we talked about the running ability. Obviously, he does have the occasional turnover, but the last few games, he hasn't had one. And then Derek Carr. So the thing with Derek Carr is, like, even last game, he threw, like, three, four TDs. He only gets 20 points because he doesn't run the ball, you know, so it's not the greatest option. Teddy Bridgewater, another good option. Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins. I put Justin Fields on here. Just uh, ignore that because I think he's not playing. I think Nick Foles is playing now. But before the Browns game, you know, obviously he was going to start. RIP to all the people who started Justin Fields in that game. And then, yeah, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, like, if you really need someone, like, 
like the buy is coming up and you know all these QBs I just spoke of are taken Jared Goff is not a bad pick because he has been doing okay this year uh, but moving on to running backs so I got Chuba Hubbard uh, actually from Sherwood Park Alberta so obviously McCaffrey's gonna be out for a few weeks with that hamstring injury him having I think it was like 14 14 points uh, last game and yeah he wasn't even the primary back for the whole game you know I would look for him he's probably the most sought after back going into this next waiver wire uh, and then we got Trey Sermon so the 49ers you know he had like three yards per carry and only you know, one touchdown or I should say you know one touchdown is, is enough but the one thing about him is you know once Mitchell gets healthy you know they were giving it to him a quite a bit more but yeah I hope maybe Trey Sermon could be an option and then yeah Corderell Patterson uh, who you got issue he's another uh, good pickup even though he's the running back and Mike Davis is kind of the number one, he is like one of the most explosive players ever, you know, ever in football, you know, the most explosive kick returner other than Devin Hester. So yeah, he's a great option. Good pickup. Uh, then Tony Pollard, he's a good pickup, the backup for the Cowboys. You know, obviously Dak, you know, having a few touchdowns last game, but yeah, certain games like Dak just can't get it going. And it, it seems like Pollard is that guy in the open field who can really get it going. Devin Singletary as well. Uh, we talked about, I would go with Zach Moss, honestly, in my opinion. He's just, they go to him in the red zone a lot more, and they throw him the ball. And then Peyton Barber of the Raiders and Mattinson on the Vikings. Devin Cook going out last game, he having, you know, a big game against the Seahawks, who can't stop anyone on defense. Like, it's their backup running back. They couldn't stop him. But nonetheless, on to wide receivers. So Josh Gordon, like I said before, signed with the Chiefs. I definitely don't like start him this week. He's definitely not playing. You know, I will say he hasn't been really a factor on a team in like six years. But that being said, this guy used to be the most talented wide receiver, probably other than Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson at the time, you know, back in the Browns when, you know, really didn't have a quarterback. You know, this is before the Baker days. I think it was like Brent Hoyer days and this Johnny Manziel days too. He's getting 200 yard, you know, receiving games. So he has the talent. So maybe Mahomes can unlock that. Rondell Moore, we talked about earlier on the Cardinals. Uh, Quintez Cephas on the Lions. Uh, Pascal uh, on the Colts. KJ Oddborn on the Vikings. Emmanuel Sanders getting two touchdowns last game. I think that's a big one. He'd be a good flex pick. Hunter Renfrew as well. You know, the problem with the Raiders, they, you know, throw to so many options. But Hunter Renfrew has probably gotten the most attention from Derek Carr so far this year. And then Tim Patrick as well. Uh, Tim Patrick, I will say, I'm not sure when Jerry Judy's back. But once Jerry Judy's back, I think Tim Patrick will definitely drop. Tight ends, we've got Evan Ingram, Jack Doyle, Dalton Schultz, Ty Conklin on the Vikings, Dawson Knox on the Bills, and Tyler Hegby and Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had a good game last week. Obviously, you know, you're worried about Dallas Goddard as he's the number one tight end and a big fantasy option for teams. But Ertz had a good game, and he does have the talent uh, when healthy. And then lastly, with kickers, so we got Folk on the Pats. Yeah, that's he's like the number two ranked, I believe. So, like, definitely go after him if you don't have him already. Uh, Gano. Organo on the Giants. I don't know if I said that right. He's number third ranked. Matt Gay on the Rams. You know, just be, he's like fifth ranked, but the Rams are going to score a lot of points this year. So that's another thing you got to take into consideration. 
And then Joseph, the Vikings kicker. Uh, he's in mostly available in a lot of leagues. And then before we move on from fantasy, one last thing I want to say. So for trades, you know, we've had uh, a few trades in our league so far. Um, I know issues you're thinking of potentially doing some trades. But if someone's offering, you know, your first round pick, like three guys for one, unless like your bench is so bad that you need to get rid of guys, I would not take that trade because it's like you're at you're taking on three guys you're gonna have to drop two guys on your bench unless they're going straight to your starting lineup and then you have to drop the guys from your starting lineup so it's not really a smart decision to go for a three for one trade definitely the two for twos one for ones and i would never never trade your first round quarterback for something that's the potential is not near first round because it's different if you're trading a second round pick and it's like you know Devonte adams for you know, Aaron Jones or something like that, like that, you know, that could be a consideration or, but when it's like, you know, the third round pick, the fourth round pick for like your first round pick, never take that trade. Um, my brother likes doing that, but yeah, so let's, let's move on to, uh, college football talk. So we're going to talk the week three recap and then some week four as well. So I'm going to go through my week three picks. Yeah. Not a good week. I went five and five. Uh, for week three, I had Auburn plus five, Penn State pretty much blew them out near the end there. Boise had plus three, didn't get that. Uh, BYU versus Arizona, you know, I thought this would be over 50, but it just wasn't. Oh, well. Fresno State plus 11, I did get. Um, was pretty confident in that, you know, them playing UCLA. Uh, and then North Texas versus UAB under 59. Uh, UAB is like always under, so... You know, thank God the history was good for that one. And then Ohio State versus Tulsa, over 60 and a half. I got that, but I didn't get the negative 24 and a half uh, spread. I'm never doing spreads that big ever again, uh, especially Ohio State. They're just not the team this year. And then UCLA, over 64 against Fresno. And I had Wyoming negative six and a half. So I'm 18 and 12 after three weeks. Uh, so not too bad. I actually skipped week four, so we won't even talk about that. But I will be back next week go over my picks. But yeah, let's go over some games in week four. Uh, Appalachian State, in the Thursday night game, they beat uh, Marshall 31-30. to This was a kind of funny game because, you know, near the end, you know, you know, Appalachian State was up 31-30. to And I believe the spread before the game started was negative 7.5. So, and I believe they, they gave the ball to the running back. And he literally had like 10 yards wide open for the touchdown, but he just slid to like run the clock down and everyone was pissed online. And he actually tweeted, uh, sorry to all the people who uh, bet the negative seven and a half. That's like betting for you. Cause like literally, you know, they'll be going down the field. Oh, they'll just kick a field goal. They can miss a field goal. They can miss the extra point. Anything can happen in football. Uh, but the next game, uh, so Fresno, you know, beating uh, UNLV, in week four, so 38 to 30. UNLV, they were beat bad by like Ohio State and Arizona State. So this is not a good game for Fresno after, you know, hanging in there against UCLA. But yeah, next game, Miami destroyed like Central Connecticut State after, you know, their coach, you know, after, you know, kind of being embarrassing the first few games and their coach saying it's going to be all right. And then they, at halftime, they're up 49 to nothing. Crazy game. But next game, Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. Definitely game of the week for me. Uh, 41 to 31-13 win for Notre Dame. They scored 31 points in the fourth quarter. To start the fourth, I was watching, and Wisconsin kicked a field goal, 
They kick it off. Notre Dame returns it for a touchdown. And then there was like two interception returns in the fourth quarter for touchdowns as well. So yeah, Wisconsin, not a good look for them. And yeah, Notre Dame, like their third string quarterback was in there uh, for the fourth quarter. You know, bring them to a victory. And then another big upset, uh, Arkansas being Texas A&M. I thought Texas A&M was going to have this game. You know, Arkansas obviously being Texas, you know, last week. And then Texas A&M being, you know, the stronger program in Texas. I thought they would have had this game. But yeah, Texas A&M, I've been bitten a few times this year by them. But yeah, this is huge for Arkansas beating, you know, two Texas biggest programs back to back. And then them being in the ranked in the top 10. I I don't remember the last time Arkansas was ranked in the top 10, I have to say. Uh, next game, Iowa State, the 14th ranked. They lost to Baylor, who was undefeated, not even ranked. But yeah, that's another thing about these rankings that really pissed me off is like Baylor, you know, a established you know program. Obviously, Matt Rules in Carolina used to be their, their coach. But, you know, Iowa State, you know, they lost to Iowa pretty easily. Obviously, they're a big school, but it's like, you know, for Baylor not even to be ranked, I think it's uh, speaking on these rankings, kind of pissing me off time to time. The biggest upset, though, of the weekend was Clemson, number nine, losing in double overtime to North Carolina State. So, you know, missing out on the top 10 rankings for the first time in 97 weeks, uh, which is quite crazy. But yeah, the rankings, you know, for this week, AP, that is. Um, Alabama, number one, as expected. Georgia, number two. Oregon, three. Penn State, four. Iowa, five. Arkansas, all the way up to eight. Cincinnati, seven. Notre Dame, nine. And uh, Clemson all the way down to 25, and they're 2-2 two and two this year. Yeah, I don't even know why they're still in the rankings, but it's all about the coaches voting and stuff like that. Happy to see Baylor in there at 21. Um, and then, yeah, Fresno State there at 18. Uh, so let's move on to our pick em. So we're going to go over our picks from a few weeks ago that we did. So issue, you had the Bills being the Dolphins, which they did. Uh, the Jags being the Broncos, which they didn't. Uh, the Seahawks being the Titans, uh, which they didn't. And then the Chiefs being the Ravens, which they did. <laughs> and then the Pats being the Jets, which they did. So you're 5-5 five and five after the first few weeks. And then for me, uh, a little bit better week. Browns being the Texans, Saints being the Panthers did not happen. But then I picked the Pats to beat the Jets, the Den- Denver to beat the Jags, and then the 49ers to beat the Eagles. Uh, so I'm 7-3 and three after the first few weeks. But for week four, my picks, I'm going to go with the Bengals beating the Jags, the Titans beating the Jets, and the Bucks beating the Pats, Rams beating the Cardinals, and the Chiefs beating the Eagles in a bounce back game for them. But issue, what do you have for your week four picks? Yeah, for week four, I got the Bills beating the Texans, the Titans beating the Jets, the Bucks beating the Pats, Panthers beating the Cowboys, and the Bengals beating the Jags. Awesome. Well, that wraps up. Our football season, week three, week four episode. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. I've gotten a lot of great feedback for this football uh, podcast. A lot of people asking where it was it last week. Sorry, but we you know, kind of squished them all into one week, and we'll be back next week once again. So don't worry about that. But yeah, any last words from you, Issue? Yeah, uh, shout out to all the people that's been asking uh, for new episodes as far as the uh, football segment. That's uh, great to know that we got people listening for the football um, content as well as the music content as well. And I just wanted to thank everyone who's asked about the podcast um, from people in my school, teachers. Uh, shout out to all of them who asked me about the podcast and who have probably been listening. So 
uh, that's great to hear. And I'm, I'm just happy to continue to uh, keep doing this podcast. And it's been real fun. Yeah, I really appreciate everyone listening. And I know we say this all the time. And, you know, there's always an outro at the end that you can reach out to us on social media. But yeah, please do. Yeah. Any tips for us? You guys, you want us to talk about any topics, get our thoughts on it, let us know. And we're happy to do so. And even if you want to come on the podcast, hit up Issue, hit up myself. If there's anything you want to talk about, like the Savant podcast is for all Savants to come and talk about things that they're passionate about. So yeah, if you if there's something you're passionate about, you've never been on a podcast, but you want to try it out, we can do it. We can set something up. But yeah, appreciate all the support, guys. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks Savant here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, if you like what you hear. And also remember to follow us on social media. So you can follow me on Instagram at Stikesavant or at Noah Stikes, as well on Twitter at Stikesavant. And you can follow me, Issue, at on Instagram. Um, it's Issue underscore high on Twitter as well. And for my uh, podcast page, you can follow Issue Political Podcast on Instagram. And for Twitter, you can follow me at Issue Political Pod. Thanks, guys.